Liquorettes and Sostronauts. Uncork a bottle of joyfulness. Light a flame the absinthe of revelry. And butt chug 40 ounces of healthy resolutions. Because it's time to talk tall to me! I lost my phone! You say I lost my phone? Yeah. <laughs> you were in New Orleans for that one. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we are high celebratory mood. Hey, welcome back. I am Omen Sade. Hey, and I'm the Fonz, Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Told to Me. A high-functioning social gathering in the tallest building of Prague Rock in which New Year's Nick and Old Lang Syne Omen will imbibe our body weight in that oh-so-special cocktail known as the Collected Works of Jethro Tull. We will mix a dram of jazz, a jigger of folk, a dash of heavy metal, muddle in a mandolin, and pour it all gently over the cold, cold heart of a Scotsman, serve garnished with a scrap of tulle torn from a ballerina's tutu, and voila, we have been drunk for the last three years. <laughs> yes, it is a heady punch with which we hope to gain the courage necessary to kiss the prettiest girl at the party, Ian Anderson. Excuse me, sir, do you, do you know why I pulled you over? Because I was kissing Ian Anderson. <laughs> are you are you drunk? Are you drunk right now? I'm drunk on Tull. <laughs> that was the answer I was looking for. Perfect. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Hello, everyone, to the end of the year, end of 2021. Wow. Here it is. I seem to remember us having this discussion just a, just a scant year ago about celebrating the end of a crap year. I don't remember that at all. Oh. I, I don't remember it ever having changed over to 2021. Oh, it's 2020 continued and then it's just going to jump into 2022. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was mega. It was a mega year. It's like if if you tie in a race, it goes to two people at first place and then it goes to third. It doesn't go to second. We were all sitting at the bar at the end of 2019, and we said to the celestial bartender, you know what? Make it a double, Mickey. And Mickey has a sick, sick sense of humor. Sure does. And, and Nick, did. lots to celebrate, lots to look forward to, lots to weep, lots to mourn, lots to take our shirts off to. What? Yeah. Do we have to take out of our mouths and put into the ears of our listeners before we get into the special song about which we're talking tall today? The first thing that we should celebrate is we have ourselves a new writer inner. OMG. Just another dangerous fantasy of mine. This is from Mackie D. From Mackie D. Mackie D. Subject is thanks. Message is, hi both. I just wanted to drop you a line to say thanks so much for giving me a safe space to be as nerdy a tall obsessive as I've always <laughs> wanted to be. That's literally what our job that's, is. That's it. That's what we do. I discovered Tull around 36 years ago at the tender age of about 15 
The year was 1985. The charts were full of Duran Duran and Wham, and I hated every thin and vapid note. So, as my teenage years rolled along, whilst my friends dyed their fringes and donned their pastel shades, mm. I was looking for something more, something with greater depth, something with grit, something I discovered later, led by a man standing on one leg. I discovered benefit in a second-hand record store, as I had already heard and was suitably impressed by living in the past on a rock anthems cassette, yes, cassette, and the cover intrigued me. I bought it, took it home, and fell in love. I've been listening to Jethro Tull at least a few times a week ever since. All these years, I've never really met anyone who has shared my love of Tull. Sure, friends would dip in and out, but they never shared my passion. Until now, now there are two guys who are prepared to wax lyrical about wondering aloud and pontificate over the flute solo on My God. At last! I've been listening to your back catalog for about two weeks, and I'm as far as locomotive breath. Oh. So I'm literally living in your the past. You'll have not heard that one before. Winky face. <laughs> so I have a way to go to catch up. Fun fan fact. When I was about 16, I wrote to Ian to let him know how much his music had come to mean to me and addressed the letter Ian Anderson, Isle of Sky. It was the salmon farming years. I really thought I wouldn't hear back. Within a few weeks, I received a signed, autographed photo from the War Child tour. Wow. It's still framed and sat on my shelf, very much a treasured possession. I was lucky enough to catch them live on the Catfish Rising tour. Whoa! Anyway, I've taken up enough of your time. Thanks again for making a great show. Until we meet again, be sure to leave <laughs> your underpants with someone you can trust. Loving your work. Mac. Wow. Mackie D. Mackie D. That was a, such a wonderful email. I mean, you were you were picking up that that copy of Benefit when we were literally being born. Yeah. Yeah, not not to to age to age you, but we are we are on the younger side of of tall fans. We we know that, but I think it's interesting. It's a two-parter. They were picking that up when you and I were born, and they also picked up like the the one album that like really clicked for us too. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Oh, how interesting! And yeah. I and I do love the the idea of addressing something to Ian Anderson, Isle of Sky, and it's it just it's Santa Claus North Pole. It just gets yeah. There. No, literally, the postmaster <laughs> was just like, oh right, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Another one for Ian Anderson. Got it. <laughs> and thank you for all the the fine compliments. I mean, we I think that we occasionally I think we occasionally do wank lyrically about uh about the songs that we do we do we try not to, but more often than not we do. Fantastic, Nick. What else have we? I just want to I just want to point out like I love how how erudite our listeners are like we never have a poorly written email it's 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 so lovely it's so great to see and you know what if if you don't produce a thesaurus worth of of writing for your email that's fine too just write in like we we love to hear yeah we're not judging we're just proud of our listenership you know it's not it's not like the um who do i want to bash wait a minute who's that canadian band that i hate nickelback yes it's not like the Nickelback podcast. Nary a polysyllabic word in sight. You just said syllabic. You really. I'll say it again. Proving your point here. 
I'm not af- I'm not afraid of big words. I don't know how to pronounce them, but I'm not afraid of them. But I'm, <laughs> and that's that's the step. That's the first step in the right direction. Yeah. They can sense fear. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, thank you, Mackie D. We've got one more thing before we get into the song at hand. Omen, we promised this two weeks ago. Forgot to do it on the last episode, so we're going to get into it today. What are we talking? We are getting ready to roll not only our R's, but also our stones. Yes, this is the Rolling Stone review of the Christmas album, or should I say the Rolling Stone review. How come you know better than me that this is not love? This is not love. December 17th, 2003, 5 a.m. Eastern Time. The Jethro Tull Christmas Album Review by Sandy Mouso. That doesn't sound like a real name. It sounds like a Christmas character. <laughs> Sandy Mouso. Yeah, so, yes. Ghost written by, by Muddy Ratto. <laughs> and Stephen Peacock. <gasps> it's a whole menagerie oh, of lies. It is. It All is. right. <laughs> Jethro Tull, Wear the Holiday Spirit Well. Think Aqualung after the Christmas ghosts have had their way with him. <laughs> the originals simmer with eccentric, eclectic, folky energy, rocking ditties threaded through with Celtic stylings, jazzy undercurrents, Ian Anderson's distinctive flute and wry humor. That's a lot to be woven through with. The spry last man at the party celebrates the excesses of the season while the wistful first snow in Brooklyn is a winter's tale about cooled romance. Though the tall tunes lilt with carolesque abandon, the reworked traditional songs are the tracks that really sparkle. On Greensleeved, the band spices up the seasonal classic with a dash of bossa nova flair. God rest ye merry gentlemen and we five kings swing sassily with jazzy syncopation and Holly Herald is a sprightly take on Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Few things are more festive than accomplished musicians having a dickens of a good time and that's what this album is all about. I don't disagree, but I think that there is... This is clearly... Obviously, like being so far removed from the 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 early years of Tall, this is clearly like a new guard. This is clearly people who who aren't so or weren't so personally invested in the early Tall. I think this. You're talking is, about the writing, the writer of this of this review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think this is much more forgiving. As great as the Christmas album is, I don't think it warrants any any guff. But like normally, there's a little bit of a nitpick in there. But that was like just also positive. It was also nice. It was, yeah, yeah. Maybe the maybe Rolling Stone is getting soft in its old age. Yeah, tiring a bunch of snowflakes that don't want to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> oh, my father never loved me. Oh no. <laughs> I yeah I mean it's a it's a review it is it is a description of the album I can't really read it without putting on my shit eating asshole voice if you'll please bleep that out I I'm not sure I will okay <laughs> but yeah I mean I do agree I think that it it sort of seems like someone loaded up the adjective blunderbuss and let fly at the page yeah they came up with an outline of what they wanted to talk about and then just thesaurus the hell out of it 
No, they put a, a thesaurus in a shredder, launched it out of a circus cannon, mm-hmm. and went off to the pub to have a drink while the uh, while the confetti settled. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Which, you know, that's how I write. I mean, put a thousand a thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters into a cannon. In a cannon, yeah. And then eventually Blast you'll it out Shakespeare. a thousand times. And eventually yep. the <laughs> PETA will, uh, will come and arrest you. And it will be very messy. Yes. yes. <laughs> Nick, anything oh, else before we dive headfirst into the song? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Let us dive into that song. And that song is what, Omen? It was a song mentioned in that review. Last man at the party. That it is. Let's Let me be. squeeze into my diving tech cap. I'm ready. Not sure why you need that, but let's let's do it. I can't take it off now. Holy mandolin, Batman. That was Last Man at the Party. That it was. This is such a Mando-heavy album. Yes. Well, and that song in particular is very, very mandolin-heavy. Yeah. I I mean, I'm here for it. I love both of those sounds. And, and, I mean, it's it's such a nice... Kind of unusual, but but also like thematically appropriate Christmas sound. The mandolin it just it just works as a Christmas sound. I find. Yeah, well, it's it's got a lightness and a joyfulness in this context, at least when played like this. There's lots of different styles of playing the mandolin. And, sure, right. You know the the kind of Celtic influenced mandolin styles very different than the American bluegrass style. Mm-hmm. Both of which I like very much. Yeah. What is what? How would you qualify this one? I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's it's a bit. I don't really know that much. I don't know enough about the about the the Celtic mandolin style, but it right. seems to me a bit more in that realm of things. It's almost like the mandolin is taking the place of the guitar rather, yeah. than the mandolin inhabiting its traditional role, which is the counter, right? In American music, it's playing the counter. It's it's okay. the it's the upbeat, and then in the in some of the Celtic stuff, it's much more like a... While you think of that, if anyone needs an example of American mandolin like that, American folk, anything Chris Thiele, that is just that little chick that that is immediately yeah. go to Chris Thiele, yeah. Or or uh, the infamous String Dusters with... Oh. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The Yeah, that's a band, but also that well, I was actually thinking of the, the Rocky... The Rocky Canyon Rain Dust... What am I thinking of, Nick? With uh, with Steve Martin. Oh, Steep Canyon. Steep Canyon Rangers. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Oh, their their stuff's really good too. Yeah. And that's even a bit more traditional than Chris Thiele, who's yes. who's quite prog kind of prog yeah. folk. You might say he's very experimental. Yeah, I think that in Celtic traditions, the mandolin and and its larger cousin, the guitar, mandola, the big the big mando. And and the bazooki, they they have mm-hmm. a much more a kind of rolling rhythmic sound. And this is neither one. Sure. This is like a guitarist playing a guitar part on the mandolin. It, yeah, it's such a clean strum. But I like it. I really yeah. do like it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So the mando is one of the first sounds we hear. It's a it's a collection of of instruments. We got the flute, the tambo, the mando, 
Uh, and then the organ steps in just a little bit at the end of that intro. Right, but it's it's pretty light. It's pretty light yeah. in the beginning. It's, yeah. it's mo- I think I would say that the predominant sounds you hear are the flute and the mandolin paired together. Yes, definitely. Oh, and that that tambourine just just that steady in the back yes. is is really constant, really throughout the whole the the entirety of of the song. But it's nice. It's a it's a nice way to take the the mandolin. It's not like splashing on your hand. It's I think it's being it's being drummed almost. It's it's such a there's such sharp hits. Yes, it's nice and clean. Yeah. And then we have a couple of things which hint at the sounds to come. We have that gentle mm-hmm. rising tone of the maybe the organ or perhaps the accordion early on. Cousin Jimmy at the door, another beer, and he's on the floor. When we get into the verse, we have it switches sound a little bit, and we have much more of the flavor of kind of the the scene that is being yeah. painted. We've got that really light intro. Then it gets really chuggy. Like it really kind of powers forward until we, like you said, we get to that, the vocals. And then it, then it does kind of fall back a little bit and, and kind of morph into, into more scenic. Yeah. And there's some fun elements there. We have the accordion mm-hmm. blending in and out. And yeah. we have, the, we have the drums, which are being played a new word that I just wrote down thumperously. I think that is a great adjective for Don Perry. Thumperish. Yeah, he's he's very thumperous. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. sell that word to Rolling Stone and make 10 cents. Yeah, per usage. No, the, they'll you know, they'll they'll work out a deal so they get it in perpetuity. So, I mean, you're going to get screwed cuz they're going to use that a lot. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to frame that 10 cent piece. Okay, there you go. Yeah. A, a little dime frame. <laughs> The fun thing that I like about the drums in the verses is that they are only in between when Ian is singing. Mm, mm-hmm. He sings a line and then the drums come in. They disappear. It's a little call and answer almost in terms of the sound that's going on beneath him and then the sound that responds to him after he sings his line. Which helps create this impression of a party, you know, observing a party from a safe yeah. vantage point. But the party itself is quite raucous. Yeah, yeah, and you you hear if you're if you're kind of just observing on uh, as a whole, you hear a snippet of, of of conversation come out, and then it gets drowned out, and the music pulls back into the front, and then you hear another snippet, and then it, it pulls out. So it, that's that's really good. I I like that. Whether it was intended or not, I don't know, but it it does have that feel to it. And it's very playful. I mean, Tiki's licking herself so loudly. Oh, I can't hear it, but I'm sure it'll pick up. I will amplify it from your, your Please audio. Please do. That'll be that'll be on our ASMR release. Yeah, just just a, a a rough cat tongue on long cat fur. Yeah, yeah. When we get into the chorus, we switch from minor to major. Okay, nice. Which is kind of a fun fun turnaround. Mm-hmm. The bass and the guitar come in. The bass is actually fairly distinct, unlike the last song that we talked about where we were struggling to, to, to detect the bass. Yeah, fair enough, right? So make yourselves jolly and a mistletoe holly And Ivy get to it and be in good cheer And when it's all over the entire song is mostly in 4-4, but there are pitfalls all throughout it of irregularly, uh, of irregular measures here and there. 
when you're saying pitfall, is it like it, it literally just happens for a, an instant and then goes back in? Or is it at certain points? Is it the chorus? Is it uh, a no, certain I, line? I think it's I think it's in the transitional moments. It'll be one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, oh, one, yeah. two, three, four. Just a kind of casual throw in, but it's there's nothing casual about it. No, it's very intentional. Or there's a measure of two, it seems like, in some of the transition points. And I think that they're more, I get the impression that they're more practical than aesthetic. Sure. In, in that we have several different types of tunes that are being meshed together here. And mm-hmm. it is just a utilitarian almost to chop sure. out a few beats of a measure. Yeah, it's it's very enmeshed. There's a lot going on that's kind of weaved together it's not one of those standard, like the past couple ones that we've heard, that were like th- just variations on the Christmas carols, instrumental variations on the Christmas carols. There's, it's not to say that they're simple, but they're, they're, everybody's kind of working along the same groove, whereas this one is a lot more kind of intertwined, I feel. I agree. I agree. Which is fun because it's the theme of this kind of really lit party it could lend itself to being very unorganized. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is really, this seems to speak to me of the the beautiful, the dance of the, the dance of drunkenness, where it's like, you know, if you've ever been to to a party where everyone is sort of on a certain level of, of uh, inebriation and everything is like one inch away from disaster all the time, but somehow everything seems to end up on the tables and not on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, they're every everybody sways in their own way and it just happens to be perfectly balletic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's some lovely runs on the flute. Yeah. There's an aspect of this song, Nick, that I want to talk about, but I'm afraid to. This is a safe space. No one is going to judge you except for Doc Savage, but we we knew that going in. So <laughs> and, all, and the rest of our listeners. <laughs> so there's something to me about the accordion in this song. I, I love the accordion. In this. I love the accordion as well. But there's something about the way that the accordion is played and the way that the flute is played, mm-hmm. which is coming across to me as slightly... European. And I don't know what I mean by that. I I think I know exactly what you mean by that. In particular, I'm I'm feeling it at that at the end where they kind yes. of just yeah, 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 that where they kind of lilt and trail. It reminds me of Jan Tiersen's soundtrack, his orchestration for Amelie. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's it's not it's not quite as like chewy French sounding, but it's, it's there. It's got that like almost, 
I don't know, I don't want to say exotic, but like there's there's something there that it's not just like, oh, cute, like squeeze box. There's more to it. Well, and, you know, I think that part of that, and I'm, I'm speaking for my own self, I think part of my association with it is, oh, yeah, I think of all of the tropes of there being accordion players in Paris. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I associate an accordion with that kind of European sound. But it's also sure. in the way it's being played. It's not being played in you know, and in English style, in in my mind, it, it has that, it reminds me a little bit more of Astor Piazzolla, the famous Argentine accordionist and mm. composer of tangos, who has that, where there's that stretch and that tension between the notes, and this goes back into, into different rhythms in a, in a more composed way. And even the flute, it, it, it's taking on you know, it's so far from the the days of rough jazz and blues flute. Sure, yeah. It's taking on a much more abstract feeling. Hmm. Yeah. Even Ian's composition of the notes is it's it's starting to be more like what a what you would hear in a modern composition of classical music, quote unquote classical music, you know. It almost feels a little improv-y. I'm thinking particularly of the of flute in that that kind of end trail, the last looks like 30 to 40 seconds of, of he just kind of like he just kind of wafts with it and it's nice and the, the accordion is liquid it, it kind of flows with it yeah there there yeah. is there is some some nice unique sound in here but it, and and to your point it's it's improvisational in a very specific way whether sure. it is improvisational or not it feels improvisational yeah but in a very specific way it's not like a jam bandy type thing it's not like here's our 12 chord blues structure and now we'll just like go super hard yeah it's like Again, it's it's all it reminds me of modern composition where it's like, all right, you know, you have certain directives that you work with. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. I I love it. I practiced this improvisation for three weeks straight. <laughs> and my God, I'm so good at playing this off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but that that is you know, that is the the European approach to improvisation, you know. Sure, if, sure, sure. If you think about comedy, it's it's like in the States we have this this way of the teach this way of Starting with nothing and then ultimately ending up with not very much. <laughs> and, and and in Europe, they're like, all right, well, what's and the, the scenario? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Start with nothing and end up with a podcast. <laughs> but in Europe, there's a, you know, there's a sense of you agree on the structure beforehand and then you improvise within the structure. Yeah. This is a very structured, it's balanced like a... Like a biscotti over the top of a, a, a demitasse of, of espresso. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> and you can decide how many bites of cookie you drink and how many sips you take in what order. Yeah, exactly. As long as you're doing it right. But you get you. The, you get just the cup and just the biscotti, so... Yeah, and if you ask for yeah. milk, we'll kick get your out. ass to the roadside. Get out of here. We're going to call the carabinieri. Or biscotto, right? Would that be singular? I don't know. Come on, you're Italian. Un, uno biscotto. Biscotto. Yeah, sure. yeah. biscotti. Anything else uh, instrumentally? Can we gush anymore? C- can we? Can we? Challenge accepted. Well, there's some lovely little discreet Martin Wangs. Are there? I did not catch much in terms of the uh, of the electric. Sister, something by the door, or by the stair, another glass, and she's almost there. Wow. Mm, okay. It's delicate. I think the par- the party's in the living room, Martin's in the kitchen. I will look for Martin in the kitchen. Actually, he's just gone to the bathroom. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm starting to, to think that Martin's not actually here. 
No, he's here. You know, he just stepped out for a cigarette. He he ran out for some chips. He'll be back. He's not he's not avoiding you. I promise he's I not promise. mad at you. Everything is fine. He looked me in the eyes and said everything is fine. It had nothing to do with how poorly your day went. <laughs> I, I thought he would pay. He's the rock star. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, it's the modern it's a modern thing. Shall we talk <laughs> lyrics, Nick? Yeah, let's talk lyrics. Let's let us do that. S- Sister Bridget by the stare a glass of wine and she's almost there. Sister Bridget by the stare a glass of wine and she's almost there. Well, Nick, where? Where's there? The state of inebriation. Yeah. The state of finally letting her hair down. And I don't think this is sister like a nun sister. I think this is like a family member sister. Yes, I agree. It would be very funny if it was a nun. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. I wouldn't be surprised could if be you threw, threw that in there. I mean, there's there's no reason for it to not be. You know, there's no there's no evidence to point to to the contrary. But but I, I think right. it's family. She's almost there. Cousin Jimmy's at the door, another beer, and he's on the floor. Cousin Jimmy at the door, another beer, and he's on the floor. This is right. this is quite the quite the raucous shindig at the old Anderson estate. Well, and so far we have family members, and then the next line yes. references friends and neighbors That's come true. around. Waste no time, we're heaven bound. Friends and neighbors come around. Waste no time, we're heaven bound. That's an imperative. That's like telling them waste no time. This before yeah. we go any further, this is is the narrator. Is this the, the Ian telling us this story? Is he the host of this party? He could be, or he could be a guest. I don't know that there's evidence either way. I know. the the It's the, the last line of the chorus. It's, will the last man at the party wish me a happy new year? So make yourselves jolly and a mistletoe holly And Ivy get to it and be in good cheer And when it's all over, big guns and clover Will the last man at the party wish me a happy new year? That makes me think that he's the host because it's his house. He's not leaving. Is he just the, the last person sober? Is he, is he DD? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's designated driver and he also doesn't drink a lot. So I think you're right. Probably. I think that it does, it does give the sense that it is his party. Yeah. But I don't know if there's strong enough evidence, but it does, it does, it, it, the voice is certainly the voice of the host. So make yourselves jolly under mistletoe holly. Yeah, exactly. It's like welcoming someone in. Hey, come on. The booze is over here. We got shrimp over there. Uh, don't go into that corner. Stinky Pete threw up over there. Stinky or Stinky Pete. Joe. Stinky Joe. <laughs> Stinky Joe. What a, mm, if ever I'm in a place in my life where I'm known as Stinky Omen. Yeah. Have, just tell me. Just let me know. I won't be mad. Yeah. I'll be grateful actually. I'll be sad. I'll be sad, but but I'll appreciate it. So this is this is the ex- the excesses of festivities, but it's not it's not like Christmas song where it's like this is you're celebrating for the wrong reasons. This this is like let your hair down. This is a celebrate song almost. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's nice. It's meant to be a party, and it's just sort of observing maybe with a, a little wry twist and a wink. Sure. That, you know, it, okay, for me, it has, it has a a feeling of when you're around your family and some people get drunker around their families than they do with anyone else. Sure, sure, sure. 
Yeah. Because of several reasons. One, because they're with their family, and so they feel like they need to have a stiff one in order to. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wrong phrasing. They need a they need a cold one to uh, deal with the stress of being around their family. Yeah. But but also there is a kind of permission that like. You know, with your friends, you can be like, hey, you are drunk. Stop drinking. Drink some water. Yeah. You're not going to say that to your mom. I mean, I, I would. You could say that to my mom. And in fact, please do. I will in a week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there's sort of a, there's sort of like a cheeky permission. It's like, oh, have another glass? Well, why not? What could it hurt? Yeah. You're actually wasted. Yeah. And I think there's more, there's more peer pressure with family than there is. There can for, be, certainly. For, yeah. With some families, definitely. Sure. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you hit on that. There's a lot of of external influences here leading to to this. This is really slightly debauched uh, uh, experience at, uh, for his New Year's Eve party. And at a good in a good family party, you know, it is the one chance a year. Maybe the one, you know, maybe one or two times a year that you get to really let your hair down with these people. Yeah. So why not? And and traditionally, like New Year's is. Is the drunk party? I mean, you drink on thanks on Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it's not like let's let's go bananas. Yeah, New Year's Eve. I agree. New Year's Eve is the booziest yeah. of the. It's of the, the most the holiday parties. Booziest time of the of year. The... <laughs> I tasted again the devil's brew. There we go. It's a good line. Doubled up in the outside loo to taste again the devil's brew. He's doubled up in the outside loo to taste again the devil's brew. Oh, I actually didn't catch that because oh, really? he's, he, he's tasting it again because he's throwing it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you thinking he just like snuck out to get an, an extra snoot of it or something? I, I didn't really, it wasn't really clear to me. But now mm. that you've broken that down, it's uh, it can't oh, mean yeah. anything else. He's 100% vomiting. Yeah. Now with more vomiting. There's a couple of things that I want to pull out of here. I mean, I think that, you know, we could go through detail by detail, but I don't think we need to because it's very yeah. clear writing. It's not super yeah. caged in mystery. But there are there are a couple of fun phrases and a couple of aspects that I want to point out. One is I'm so baffled by Ian's pronunciation of the word camaraderie. 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 He puts so many, so many extra syllables in it. Well, I mean, he hits every one of the A's. We don't. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. <laughs> Camaraderie. Camaraderie. I mean, it makes sense. Camaraderie. 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 Yeah, we there's there's that A in between the M and the R that we don't hit. Camaraderie. 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 Also, it's it just scans. Yeah. Oh no. You know? <laughs> it just baffles me. I was like, yeah. I was like, raise your glass to the camera. A terrori? Yeah, camaraderie. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Camaraderie. Another fun phrase. And when it's all over, pigs gone to clover. When it's all over, pigs gone to clover. Yeah, how I really like that one. Yeah. You know, in the states, we often say, or there is a phrase that exists: "Happy as a pig in mud." Yeah, or a pig in shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the less polite version. <laughs> but apparently in England they say happy is a pig in clover, which actually makes way more sense because pigs like to eat clover. Yeah. They don't actually like to eat mud. We just think that they like mud because we put them in muddy styes. Right. They they wallow in mud to stay cool and to keep the flies off. 
They wallow in poop because we keep them in styes where their poop collects. Right, exactly. But but given the choice of three, they'd go for the clover. They'd go for the clover. Yeah. It's the kind of it's the kind of elegant old fashioned way of saying, uh, as we do today, lost in the sauce. Oh. I've never heard that term before. So and so is lost in the sauce. I mean, it means it means to be inebriated, but it yeah. also has been kind of turned around to refer to things like a bee covered in pollen. Like, oh, that bee is lost in the sauce. Oh it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's a derivation of its original. It'll yeah, it's cycling. Meaning. It's cycling yeah. around. It'll come yeah. back again. Yeah, well, the next line I like is someone with the gift of song has brought his pal to sing along. Someone with the gift of song has brought his pal to sing along. Now they're turning up old Frank Sinatra on the stereo. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much being said in what's not being said there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. There's an illusion there. It's it's also so like, it's still so sweet. There's still like... There's a tolerance. Yeah. And a, a welcoming like someone, someone with the gift of song. We don't know who it is. We have some proper nouns up top. We know who those people are. So at this point, we're seeing like people just coming off the street because this is such a rocking yeah, party yeah. almost. It could also be, just to offer an alternative, it could also be like the, when you're referring to a family member without using their name. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, someone's drunk half the bottle of bourbon. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. We know it's granddad. Yeah, we know it's granddad. And his new golf partner, Stephen, just w- won't leave his side. <laughs> but boy, do they fring- sing Frank Sinatra very well. As long as they're happy, who are we to judge? That's right. Consenting adults. Con- consenting nonagenarians. <sighs> so, Nick, I want to I want to ask about the the last man at the party. I mean, I mean, so we have all this we have all this description, which almost almost reminds me of something like uh, Finnegan's Wake. Do you know that sh- that song? No, isn't it's a it's an old book, isn't it? Oh, uh, you're thinking of Finnegan's. You're thinking of Finnegan's Wake. I'm th- I'm talking about Finnegan's Wake. Gotcha. You're right. I'm 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 thinking of the the restaurant in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Actually, please don't think of that. <laughs> Finnegan's Wake is is an old Irish drinking song about James someone Joyce. Who, it was James Joyce. Sorry, carry, yeah. carry on. <laughs> uh, about someone who who dies, uh-huh. uh, an Irishman who who dies, and so they have a wake, and the wake gets really out of hand, mm-hmm. and it turns into a into a fight. Sure, that that makes sense. So they're talking about Tim Sullivan. With the love of the liquor, Tim was born, and to help him on his work each day, he'd he'd a drop of the creature every morn. Tim had a sort of a chippling way, but the love of the liquor, no, he was born. Help him on with his work each day, and a drop of the creature every morn. <laughs> I love that. I love that phrase so much. Yes, I do. Drop of the creature. Uh, and then the war did soon engage. It was woman to woman and man to man. Shillelagh law was all the rage and row and ruction soon began. <gasps> Shillelagh. Then the war did soon rage. Woman to woman and man to man. Shillelagh law was all the rage and row and ruction soon began. You know, it's this part, it's this drinky party that devolves into an all out brawl. And at some point, somebody accidentally dumps a bottle of liquor on the corpse and the corpse sits up and said, whirl your whiskey round like blazes, thunder and Jesus, do you think I'm dead? Which, of course, they did. Tim 
Timothy rising from the bed Send one of your liquor around like blazes so, I mean, the, this our song has a flavor of that kind of like out of hand chaos. But then at the end, we have this very mysterious phrase, will the last man at the party wish me a happy new year? And there's something for me that about that phrase, which pulls it into a different dimension. And maybe I'm mm. crazy. Maybe I'm guilty of being too handsome. But I think Likely. I think that there's something... It's, I think that there's something like you. Yeah. a little spiritual about that. Who is the last man of the party? Is it himself? Is it the new year? Is it the spirit of the new year? What is? Am I reading too much into it? I just, to me, it always felt like people start dropping. People cannot make it to midnight. Uh-huh. Cannot make it to the new year. So with my theory of Ian being the host, you know, it, it always felt like, well, if if there's someone left by the time it's New Year, awake, awake, while I'm picking up bottles and solo cups, just wish me a happy New Year. I guess that's all I can ask. Yeah, I I see that, but but because it's Ian, I guess I'm looking for that that caged mystery. You know, what is it to you then? Can you can you put it into words? You know I've never put anything into words. I know. I know. It's, I've been trying for 20 years to get you to talk to me. Uh, is it? <laughs> it's not a religious thing. Is it like it's just me and Jesus cleaning up this party? No, or, or it's like... not. I think it's I think it's um, it's less religious. It's more. You know, you know, there, you know, there's this old we talked about this the other day, this old concept of the new year being a child and the old yeah. year being a wizened old man. And they have a they have a ceremonial battle. And at the end, the child wins. Yeah. I almost feel like there's something about that. It's like if you're if if he is can observe the changeover, is there some nod from the universe to say, you you you've done it. You've observed the moment of where the year changes over. Cheers to that. Or okay. I mean, it could equally be the guy who blearily in the corner is like, yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, blah. Or maybe those are one and the same. Right. Yeah. Maybe that he has. He, that that man who is barely alive at that moment is the, inhabited by the new year, is inhabited by that spirit, you know? I remember when I was in New Orleans once for Mardi Gras, I was really feeling it, shall we say. <laughs> as they say, yeah. As ahead. they say. I was a pig, I was happy as a pig in clover. I'd uh-huh. had several numbers of bourbons, et cetera. And there was, you know, we were, my friend and I were in this, who was very experienced with New Orleans, we were, kind of seeing the sun starting to set and we were seeing this this thrum and roar of costumed people and bodies up in the intersection ahead of us. And this is in the cool part of town, not uh, not Bourbon Street. And I suddenly was like, you know, it almost seems that if we pushed through the eye of the f- of the carnival, we could enter a a, a world, a, a plane, a temporal existence where the carnival was the eternal and we could we could be we could live there forever do you think that's true and my friend said no the cops will arrest you (laughs) i said oh well let's go home then reality just reality hit you right in the face but just for a moment i felt like i could see the essence of the of the festival yeah to me that's what i'm reading into this but i'm probably wrong i i like it i i think 
I think in a lot of Tull songs, there is no wrong answer. Un- unless we hear from Ian that it is that it is this, you know. Un- until Unless we hear from Doc Savage. Unless we hear from... <laughs> uh, anything else about this one, Owen? It delights me. Noted. Do you remember, Nick, when we performed as the Feckless Moms at a New Year's celebration and we were invited to the tallest building in Binghamton, New York to be at a New Year's Eve party, to be at the New Year's Eve party? It was our only paid Feckless Moms gig. (laughs) I still have the the check stub. You still haven't cashed it? I still haven't cashed it. I'll... Gosh, was it like a hundred bucks? A hundred twenty. Two hundred. Was it two hundred? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do remember that. It was a good yeah. show. Yeah, I had a ladder. We knocked over a traffic sign, like an actual. We allegedly in, in the allegedly no, knocked statute over of limitations. Sign? Statute of limitations. It's oh, okay. you're right. Yeah, we, we knocked over. We so we on the back of the the golf, golf cart. cart that they let us have to carry our stuff to the various locations. We had the ladder on there. And you would think if a ladder hit a a traffic sign that's embedded in concrete, Mm. that the ladder would come off of the golf cart. No, it must have been so cold, (laughs) it shattered the metal. (laughs) It it knocked it right over. It it took it out. Uh, I can't believe that they they gave us a golf cart. I mean, what were they what were they thinking, really? My favorite part about that gig was was not actually the the performances that we did, although that was very good, but was just driving around in the golf cart in our in our masks. in our half masks yeah. as like old people waving at waving at uh, people on the street. Yeah, that was really fun. That was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Oman, last week you made reference to, speaking of walking the streets and being inebriated and destroying public property, you hinted at a story about you being drunk and stealing a traffic cone? That was a Christmas Eve story, Nick. Yeah. Tell me the Christmas Eve story, or do you want to save that for next year? No, I'll forget it. No, I can tell it now. And it can go into whatever version, it can go into whatever podcast you like. I'll tell it now, and I'll tell it next year. <laughs> and I'll tell it next year because I will have forgotten. <laughs> now, one of the one of the most unique Christmases I ever spent was in Oxford. A friend of mine from I was studying. I had been studying in London, and a friend of mine from Sarah Lawrence had been studying in Oxford and was asked to house sit for one of his professors. So another friend and I went up to Oxford and stayed at this wonderful Oxford professor's house for a weekend. I don't know if the professor was aware that we were staying there ever, but it doesn't really matter. And we had Christmas there. We had like a a friend's Christmas. We cooked a a goose. But on Christmas Eve, we decided that we were going to have a pint at every pub in Oxford. A pub crawl. You did a pub crawl. Yeah. Now, there are more pubs in Oxford than there are liters of fluid in a human being <laughs> or or pints of fluid in a human being. And so it was it was not a realistic task, but I did not realize it at the time. So after a number of pubs and after we got asked 
to exit one pub, not because my friend was drunk, but because he was singing Christmas songs and they thought he was way drunker than he was. <laughs> but he just had a voice that made him sound drunk. Sure. Our our Oxford friend was like, you know, we should really go and see this other pub, which is only a two and a half mile walk along the Thames. Oh, and we're like, yeah, let's do it. December 24th, two and a yes. half mile. Oh. It was chilly. Mm-hmm. We found an abandoned church and there was fog on the hill and we all had a spiritual moment where we feared for our lives. We stopped our friend from diving into the Thames a couple times because he thought that maybe there were romantic mermaids. And on the way back from that pub, which I remember very little of, we found a traffic barrier and uh, thought we would bring it along with us, which we did. And in the most mad, in, in the most wonderful Christmas miracle, when we were all drunk out of our minds and starving, and it was like 3 or 4 a.m. on Christmas morning, I suppose, we ran into a halal truck that was open serving kebabs. You literally ran into it? (laughs) We saw it, and we went to it, and we were so, so thrilled because, of course, every place was closed. And we had the most incredible, wonderful Christmas morning kebabs furnished to us by some devout Muslims and they were happy to see us. We were happy to see them. The proprietor of the house nearby was not happy that either of us were there uh, and told us off. And uh, yeah, and that was my, that was my Christmas miracle. Wow. That is, let's Dickens should have written that story. It was (laughs) filled with lessons, filled with life changing moments. Yeah. Just really, just really lovely. Really. Yeah. I think everyone should should let us know their life-changing moments of, of having listened to Talk Tall to Me. Get out there, spread those life-changing moments in the form of a rating or a review. You can raise a glass to camaraderai, camaraderai. by sharing your wonderful thoughts about Talk Tall to Me in the form of a review and... Who cares what state the podcast is in? Dig into it with your plastic forks and tin knives and put the tasty morsels of the podcast into your ears and the ears of all those you love. Before we go, Omen, do you know what we're doing next week? I haven't the slightest idea. I suspect we are returning to Stormwatch. That we are. We're going to side one. No, we're going to track one off of side B, which... I am very fond of, even though I believe it was J.K. said he would he would choose to skip it. What is it? It is something's on the move. <gasps> and the weatherman says something's on the move. It's one of my favorite choruses from All Tall. I like it. The gateway to the eighties. And then and the next week you'll actually hear what the song does sound like. So that's that'll yeah. be good. <laughs> uh, until until next week, I am old Frank Sinatra, Nick McGill. I am tasting once again the Devil's Brew Omen Sade. We make ourselves jolly under your mistletoe, the feckless momes. And this is the goat that you shouldn't look too closely at because who knows what condition it's in. Talk tall to me. Remember, if you wish, this is just a Christmas.
Oh my god, five Steven! Minutes. Five minutes, everyone! Five minutes. Five minutes until the bell rings and they drop the ball. Charles. Steven. Charles. Charles. Steven. Charles. Yes. I'm listening. Tell me. Tell me, Charles. What? What's Steven, your resolution yes. for this year? Oh my god, I'm so glad you asked. Okay, so my resolution is to finally change all of the batteries in my wall clocks because they've been stopped for so long and I never know what time it is. I just oh. want to be on time. You, you know, Steven, I'm I'm very proud of you for never owning a cell phone. Uh, you're Steven. I mean, Charles, I'm so drunk. I'm Steven, you're Charles. Steven, oh. what's your New Year's resolution? Oh. What's your oh. New Year's resolution? Charles, Charles, my resolution is to be able to punt a poodle across the Thames. Oh my god! Oh, just a miniature one. I'm gonna start small. Miniature. No, poodle. that's amazing. Next like, year. I'm so proud of you already. Next year's Steven. a standard poodle. Stephen, Stephen, can I tell you my New Year's resolution? Charles, do you have a New Year's resolution? I do. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Tell I really want it? to just keep better maintenance of my body hair because you know it's God gave it to me for a reason, and it's a beautiful canvas, and I am the sculptor, and I've been ignoring that. Stephen. Charles, I I must commend you for not even wearing a shirt today. I can't. It's, I was, but I did. I can't anymore. It's. Uh, it looks like a very finely knit sweater. You can lay in in the meadow of it's my hair. So Steven, Steven, do you have Charles. any New Year's revolutions though? Charles. Because it's only two minutes. Charles, I will consume nothing but clover this year. I love that for you. Nothing but clover. Vegan. So vegan. Free range vegan. clover. That's all I'm going to be eating. That's so good. Charles. 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 <laughs> Charles. I think, I think we should do, oh my God, I think we should do what? a joint resolution. Oh, I have the perfect one. Do you? What is it? I'll do it, I swear. Okay, this is going to be crazy, but let's it? write it down so we don't forget. I'm so excited. I'm going to write it on the bottom of my left foot. Okay, I have a Sharpie. Okay. Uh, here it goes, and I'm writing yeah. it right now. It might oh, tickle. It tickles. What does I it say? I resolved it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. To listen more, to talk tall to me. Oh my God! Did you did you know that I wrote on my right foot before we even went to the party tonight? And it says that talk tall to me is a proud member of the Fabulous Moms Audio Network. Did you know that? Oh my God! Ah. <laughs> Kiss me, Steven. Ah. Oh. <laughs> 